Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conference USA Report podcast. We're sorry that it's been a while. That's number one. Apologies to everybody. Also, uh, happy Thanksgiving. It's uh, one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, I think Thanksgiving is is the best holiday, right? Because you d- it's just about eating. <laughs> it's kind of simple. You're just hanging out with family and eating. Everybody can eat. Um, even at times in my life when I didn't have a whole lot of money, you could always have a decent Thanksgiving, you know. Uh, Christmas, you know, there's a lot of pressure on it. Like who got the nice stuff? Who you could buy somebody you get a lot of gifts? Whatever. Um, Thanksgiving is just about getting together and and, and eating a little food, uh, sharing a meal with friends and family, and that that makes it the best holiday. Uh, maybe behind New Year's because it just kind of uh, you just start start over and if you like to imbibe and you know you get to do do a little of that anyway i digress ladies and gentlemen um let's talk about let's talk about comfort tsa shall we right this league that for whatever reason we care about uh and that we follow uh we may be few but uh, we're just as passionate i think about the about the goings-on in this league in this pro the programs they're in um, and so, you know, feel no shame when you talk about these teams, when you care about these teams, uh, when you don't care about, say, the AAC or whatever. Uh, that's all fine. It's okay to just care about the things that you care about. Um, there was a big game last week. There's a big game this week. And I'm trying to pull up a list I had here so uh, you can see that I'm prepared. Uh, I can just go off the top of my dome right here, but that's not going to be, it's not going to make for the most ideal podcast. Um, the biggest game in the West definitely was the de facto playoff game, UTSA, UAB, uh, and uh, like an excellent game, and there were some criticism, criticisms about it, like, oh, it was on ESPN Plus, this, that, and the other. I think um, the the most important thing about it was that it's available, right? Like that that's what matters. Um, you know, there there have been times, even in this league, where some of these games are, are, you know, less than accessible. And you gotta be thankful in this time of Thanksgiving for those kinds of things, right? Um, what you have. Now, while acknowledging that it can be, can be better, and that's why I say like UAB and UTSA and, and North Texas and FAU um, is that everybody? And then Charlotte are all going to the AAC, right? They want better. They want those games to be on ESPN, that kind of thing. That makes sense. Um, you know, Conference USA basically tried the model that the American is is uh, implementing, and um, you know, it could be that the model is not great. It could also be that the American was are are just better at doing it, right? Or it could be they have better programs or more. Uh, programs that are willing to uh, are that uh, make sense for the the broadcast partners, whatever the case is, uh, it is what it is. It's going to happen. Can't change it. Can't legislate 2013 realignment, 2021 realignment. Maybe take some lessons from it. Uh, but again, I digress a second time. That was a great game. UTSA UAB was a great game. Um, the Roadrunners came in. Uh, basically untested. I, I I called them untested because looking at their schedule, I don't know that there was any team that was that good. Like Illinois, you know, th- they have Big Ten talent, um, but I'm of the mind that anybody that's not top tier of any P5 uh, league is, you know, ripe for, bl- for uh, I would say, upsetting. Like you think about your Illinois, Arkansas, Washington State, uh, Oregon State, uh, Indiana, like in the SEC, SEC, yeah, like Vanderbilt, like a Kentucky, those kinds of programs where they have SEC talent, and they have the name recognition, but they're not that good, right? Like they from one to, I'm say even one to forty, it's not altogether that much different than a really good conference USA program, right? You think about like so th- those FAU teams. It absolutely dominated Conference USA uh, with Lane, Lane Kiffin. Those teams 
I feel good about pitting those teams against, like, you know, like, say, uh, an Arkansas, the Arkansas team that North Texas blown out, uh, blew out, and then Western Kentucky blew out, and that, uh, and that, um, uh, Illinois team that UTSA beat, even that Baylor team that UTSA beat a couple seasons ago, um, uh, those teams are ripe, ripe for, for upsets, right? It's a way to get your name out there, schedule them, yeah, do some analysis, figure out who you think is going to be the terrible team, schedule them, and then, um, you know, reap the benefits, profit. I think UTSA, you know, they're a good team. And I'm going to say a couple things, and I know uh, people that don't listen very closely or they just are waiting for a hot sports opinion, um, you know, to mangle are going to take this the wrong way. I think UTSA is a good team. Frank Harris, good quarterback. Uh, Sincere McCormick, uh, McCormick, good running back. Uh, Zachary Franklin, uh, Josh Cephas, uh, and then the other guy, Clark uh, I forget his I forget his first name, the Clark the the receiver. All good receivers. Uh, they have a lot of talent. Like they got w- Rashad Wisdom and on the defense. They got I, lo- I love their linemen. Uh, I'm not so keen on their corners. I think uh, every team starts picking on their corners. But that's fine. I think top to bottom, they're a good team, and that's why I mean obviously right. You're saying the 11 and 0 team is a good team. Yes, but I also think the 11 and 0 team has has uh, benefited from some fortune. You know, they, they squeaked out against Southern Miss. Um, they squeaked it out against UNLV. Um, you know, they, they nearly were beat by Western Kentucky on the road. They they base all were beat at home by this UAB squad. They are vulnerable. They're a vulnerable team. But that's the thing about Conference USA. It's something I've, we said previously on, on the, the site, on this podcast, on uh, various things we do. Um that if you can get a decent quarterback and a halfway decent defense, then you can win. You can compete in this league. Um, and, you know, I say UTSA is that plus. They're a little bit better than even that. Um, they have they have a, a playmaker at quarterback. Like you look at Frank Harris, right, in his stats. He doesn't compare in the least to Bailey Zappi's, you know, numbers. Um but he doesn't need to, right? Can he make the throws when you need those throws? Yes. He has shown time and time again. I think even in the Frank Wilson years, right, where basically pre-Jeff Trailer, one thing I liked about Frank Harris is that he is unafraid of the moment, right? He's willing to make a play. Uh, he can make a play, throwing, running. Uh, he can read the game, and that gives you an edge, right? Last year, UAB benefited from their quarterback play, uh, Tyre Johnson the third, in crucial moments, made crucial plays. Th- those are winning plays, right? Winning football and, win- and winning moments. Um, I like to call them it shouldn't plays, right? You know, like the the play's breaking down. It's not drawn up the way you want. Um, can you figure out the best in this mess, right? Best opportunity in this mess. You consider the final play. UAB um, was ready to pounce on that ball, uh, the, it was a bad snap, uh, or drop snap exactly. I forget exactly what happened. It was a bad snap and a drop snap. Uh, Frank Harris nearly kicks the ball, rolls left, flicks the ball over the top. He he made the play. He didn't freak out. He didn't panic. He didn't say, oh, no, let me just try to run this myself. Um, and that's how you score. Before that, uh, you know, he, he flicked the ball down the middle of the field to the, the same dude, Cardenas, and he hit him in the middle of the field. Great throw. This is after avoiding more UAB defenders, the guy makes plays. His numbers do not say, wow, this guy's a superior threat passing the ball. But when it counts, he can make plays. There's a lot to criticize. He gets sacked a ton. He probably holds the ball too much. Uh, He's loose with the ball. Um, He'll throw interceptions. But you rather have a guy that's a gamer and willing to make mistakes and then bounce back from those mistakes than a guy who, you know, collapses under the pressure. So I like Frank Harris a ton. Um, and he's helped a ton by his wide receivers. Think about Zakari Franklin turning around, making a one-handed catch in the end zone that reignited the crowd and brought UTSA back in it. Good stuff. So I, I, I realize that I'm using UTSA's performance in the UAB game to, to demonstrate how good they are. But uh, my point is that I think they were untested going into that game. UAB was tested a little bit, and uh, full credit to UAB and full criticism to UAB for 
executing a well-thought-out game plan against Marshall and then against UTSA. I was telling a couple guys in the press boxes were coming, I was like, I really like what UAB did versus Marshall. It made sense. Marshall's an explosive offense. Marshall likes to get into rhythm, and they like to run a ball. What they'll do, the plan was, we'll get up early because we have guys that can do it. Trey Shropshire, um, he's a deep threat. He can make plays. We'll hit him early. We'll get up, and we'll run the ball, control the ball with the run game and defense. And they did so, right? Marshall came back, tied the game. UAB scored, kind of ground out the game, win. Um, same thing against UTSA. Hit Trey Shropshire, start the game. There's a crowd of 35,000 people there. They were excited, and they immediately got real quiet. <laughs> and then uh, it was kind of nervous energy before UTSA drove down, got a touchdown, kind of reignited it. But UAB came out big offense early, and they tried to run the, uh, run the ball late. Uh, it was all set up for them. They scored. They got a stop, right? They forced, forced a fourth down, uh, uh, turnover on downs, I mean, by UTSA. And we end up with UAB in the ball, third and four they run, and they got basically four. They got three inches and... And uh, uh, I mean, three yards and 11 inches. And then they decided not to go for it. That, to me, was the crucial mistake of the whole thing. I understand the thinking there. Like, hey, we stopped them before. Hey, 77 yards is a long way in a minute's time. This, that, and the other. Uh, personally, I do not like to give the ball up. I am a fan of, uh, you know, making your fate with the ball. To me, the other team can't score if you have the ball, right? Um, and the name of the game is moving the ball when the other team doesn't want you to move the ball, right? And I like my chances getting one inch. Now, I, I think it just shows belief in your offense. Yeah, you can say, we'll kick it and play some defense. That's all. That's great. But I think when the when the game is there and it's just one inch, you go win the game. You get that first down, it's all over and I don't think anybody would criticize you for going for it. Maybe they'll criticize the, the decision, this, that, and the other. But, I mean, you have a, a, a mobile-ish quarterback, and you have uh, you know McBride who had ran for 120 yards on the day or something like this. Uh, and, yeah, you're like, well, they, they kind of bottled them up. Like their defensive line, they're tough. They were getting in there and, and kind of messing everything up. Sure. But... He did just get four yards of the play before, right? He doesn't need another four yards. He needs just an inch. Do a quarterback sneak. Do a fake quarterback sneak. Do a little pitch out. Uh, you know, do a split zone. Do something. Go run the ball. Uh, I, I think if you line up and you say uh, at any point in time and you ask anybody to ever play football or, or watch football or coach football and you say, we got to line up and get an inch, right? That's the name of the game. So, obviously, heavy criticism on Bill Clark for that. Guys won two league championships. I mean, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. Maybe he'd do it differently, or maybe he had more reasons than we understand. Whatever the case was, it was not a bad decision to say, let's go stop him again. Um, but it didn't work out in that moment. Uh, UTSA came out. And you see the nerve. I was on the sideline. The team, the UTSA sideline was extremely nervous. They were, they had the sads. Zachary Franklin was upset. There was also they were upset because uh, on the play previous there was a maybe ill-advised uh, reversal of a call. Um, it looked like he caught it in bounds, Zachary Franklin, and, uh, but they ruled him out of bounds. I think it's because he sort of juggled it through. I didn't get to watch the broadcast of that angle. I didn't see all the discussion about it. Uh, but from what I could see on the jumbotron and what, from what I could see on the field, it looked like he caught it. But I could see that maybe he caught it and didn't secure the catch until after he was out of bounds. Whatever. Um, UTSA basically lost the game, right? And they had that feeling on the sideline like they wasted an opportunity. So getting the ball again, that punt, that reignited them. They were like, we have another chance. We're not going to mess those, this one up. I don't know if that was factored in. Um, and, you know, I think there's a little bit of that for the, for the defense too, right, UAB's defense. They're like, we already got the stop. We got the stop that would win the game for us. Um, like, we got to do it again? What are you talking about? Um, in any case, they drive down, get the touchdown. Hell of a play by that linebacker. I forget his name right now, but uh, he read it. He jumped back. He made the play. If his if his hands were 
a little bigger, his arms a little longer, or his uh, vertical a little higher, then, uh, you know, maybe we'd be talking about some other fourth down play, or that'd be the game. I think maybe they would have had, like, a second left or something like that. Um, incredible game. Incredible comeback. It was two good teams taking shots at each other. There were some adjustments. UAB against any other team would have blown them out. Uh, UTSA, um, you know, against a, a lesser team would have came back and won going away. Sort of like they, they did against Southern Miss. But it was two teams that wanted to win and, and, and tried a lot of different things and were met by a really good challenger. Um, like that's that third quarter, I think both teams didn't really do it. I think UTSA scored 10 in that third quarter. A lot of that was um, that first drive, and then they got a field goal, right? But they had a chance to go up more because UAB's offense was, was being stymied. Also, they were throwing interceptions. There's some questionable calls by the refs. All these things acknowledged. Uh, but the fact remains that UAB's offense wasn't scoring or moving the ball as well as they were in the first half. UAB's defense got some huge stops, some big-time stops. I, I, my notes are like, this is a big-time stop. And then, oh, man, this is a big-time stop. Oh, this is a huge stop. Right. It, a lot of that was important. Same thing for UTSA's defense to change it up. Right, They were getting gashed. Just so much running room in that first half where like UAB would be, um, because of penalties, they'd be like in first and 20, you know, second and 20. And they would just eat that up in, like, two plays, right? 17-yard gain, 10-yard gain. It's like it didn't even happen. Uh, that wasn't the case in the second half as much. But, you know, full credit to U UAB's offense. They scored when they needed to score. Um, you know, they they took the lead. That uh, McBride, Dwayne McBride run, 16 yards. Uh, it was a second and 16. It was a second and goal from the 16. And he scoots in from 16 yards there. That's just incredible. And again, I'm just like, why are you not lining up? Uh, line up in a in a power set and throw a little sneak pass to Garrett Prince or something like that. You know he can catch and run. Yeah, he can scoot and run in. Um, I don't know. Line up in a spread and then hand it off to McBride. Uh, line up in the spread and throw the ball. I don't know. Do something. It's crazy they couldn't get an itch. Anyway, incredible game. You can see the celebration. I posted a video on the Twitter feed. UTSA's uh, players celebrated with what I read as more relief than like, hey, we won, because they basically lost, right? It was it was that kind of thing. Um, I, I've been in games where, uh, I've been two games where teams have done that, and you, know, you can kind of feel it. It's more like, oh, yeah, we, are, we escaped. And uh, for all you UAB fans, it was, as you might expect, agonizing to watch those dudes walk off the field. They were highly upset. Uh, using some language that they otherwise wouldn't, you know, um, in their frustration, understandable. And, uh, you know, all told, it was a, uh, it was, it was a great game, great little spectacle, right? Um, I think, I think that it was, it's disappointing for, for the league that that game wasn't showcased better. And I know some, some fans have said, like, well, why don't they flex them out? That's an ESPN decision. ESPN could flex, as they did with that uh, UTEP and UTSA game, where they chose not to. So this is a case where, like, maybe they could write into that contract. Like, it's going to be on ESPN unless it's on or whatever. But ESPN was always looking, when this contract was signed, to fill out their ESPN Plus inventory. Um, you know, like, I don't know if you follow a lot of Disney Pluses, like, uh, or, or Disney's, like, earnings, whatever, that they spent billions of dollars a year, like, it's like 77 billion or something like that, uh, in contracts, uh, and they have a lot of inventory, a lot of things to move around and schedule, um, and they really think that the future is, you know, the subscription to ESPN Plus, and then Disney Plus and Hulu, whatever, and, um, so they were always going to take a harder line and say, look, you don't have a lot of leverage, you know, uh, all told, 1 to 14, you're not really moving the needle in terms of linear television, and we need people to subscribe, and so why don't you subscribe? Uh, why don't you get you on ESPN Plus? That's why UTSA UAB is on ESPN Plus. CBS 
probably would have said, look, we like CBS Sports Network. We want games to be on there. I don't know what the discussions were about, you know, flexing games over there. Uh, but that would have been an ideal one, um, you know. And I think blaming the conference or, like, uh, you know, Judy McLeod and saying, well, she should have thought. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's a reasonable thing to do. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But I'll say that it, it's uh, it's difficult, just from what I understand of the circumstances of the conference. Like they're like basically begging um, these companies to to <laughs> to to uh, broadcast these games. Sorry, um, and so it's hard to be like, ah, well, why didn't they get this out of the negotiation? You got to be a hardline negotiator. I mean, sometimes it's just a no, right? You know, you're like, look. I can't go to the Maserati dealership and be like, "Look, I'm gonna give you ten bucks." And you're like, "No," <laughs> I'm like, "No, all right, you drive a hard bargain. Are you eleven? That's my final offer." They would escort me off the premises, right? Sometimes you need more than just a hard bargain. Um, so there's that, right? Great game, great game for the conference. It was uh, fun to watch. Uh, you know, like I'm, I am a fan of the game. I wouldn't really do what I do if I wasn't a fan of the game. And there was a lot. If you like college football, this was a great game to watch. If you like uh, drama, great game to watch. If you like uh, atmosphere, it was a good atmosphere. It was packed in the tailgate. I know I took some terrible pictures and posted them. My apologies. Um, so I'm, I'm not a photojournalist, guys. I was walking through it. I had my phone, and I just kind of took some quick snaps. Also, it's weird to take, people's, uh, take pictures of people's tailgates. Uh, so I didn't want to do all that. Anyway, it was packed in the tailgate a lot. The city, I think Jeff Triller was like, the city's on fire right now. Like, I'm in San Antonio right now. Um, I don't know if it's on fire, but there is a lot of enthusiasm for UTSA football, where there was otherwise wasn't. Um, you know, like, uh, it, a couple things are factors for it. It's like, Texas is down. If, if Texas football was good, le- fewer people would be talking about UTSA. But it's ripe for taking the fill in the void right texas football's down uh a&m's not so great you know they're not doing anything right now uh and like texas tech fired their coach tcu just fired their coach there's nobody in Texas. like baylor's okay right but they're not doing anything crazy so nobody has anything else to talk about so it's a perfect time for utsa to step up and say hey look at me so that's why they're getting thirty-five thousand people there I've always been of the mind that UTSA was a program with that kind of ability. Uh, like, San Antonio is a in party kind of town, right? Like, everybody loves to have a good time. And if you're like, hey, let's go to the game and tailgate and get, get you know, drunk and have a good time, that sounds like a great time to a lot of people. A lot of people I know, and even myself, right? That sounds fun. And that's what's happening, right? San Antonio is also, they love a winner. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have been around for the Spurs, San Antonio Spurs in the NBA, uh, and they enjoy that kind of thing. And so, you know, if you come with like, hey, we're you know, like a middling team, not doesn't really move the needle so much. But you got a winning team, everybody likes that winning feeling and they're happy to enjoy it. Also the Spurs are down too, and the Spurs are like on a six game losing streak. So a lot of factors contributing to why people care so hard about UTSA right now. But there was always the potential. Everybody that signed up 10 years ago to, to start this program, that this is the vision they were seeing. Uh, I went to the first UTSA game. Uh, it was like 56,000 people there. It was an incredible atmosphere. Uh, it, was, it was amazing to see the Alamo Dome filled up for its intended purpose. You know, I had been to the Alamo Dome for like, uh, like uh, the Alamo Bowl games, right? I saw like uh, Nebraska, Michigan State there when, when I was a kid. Uh, Texas and Oregon, uh, you know, you see some decent matchups there, uh, but it's it was kind of cool to see, you know, San Antonio on it. Uh, the city also supported like the what is it, the USFL or whatever it was, the XFL. I forget what it was. I, I was I wasn't that big into it, but a lot of people were excited about them. Basically, you know, people have been looking for this. They've been waiting for it, and UTSA has given it to them. So a lot of enthusiasm. It's cool for the league. Except it's not because it's cool for the American now, right? Because it's going to be an American. But for right now, you got two Conference USA uh, uh, spectacles happening. Two years to to take advantage of it. So 
um, keep it going. I think I think if the league is smart, they they learn some lessons from this uh, in terms of staging, promoting, uh, and maybe being ready for the next upstart program program that's going to be hot. Right, somebody's going to go on a run. Somebody's going to be good, and I think the league can learn from these lessons here. Right, so fast forward a little bit. This week, another big game. This one's on CBS Sports Network at 2.30. Uh, Western Kentucky at Marshall. And when this this current version of the league started, right, 2013, Western Kentucky, Marshall were the two, I don't want to say powerhouses. It was like Tech and Western Kentucky. But Marshall was always there. They were they were good, right? They had the uh, uh, Kim Cato there for a bit. Um, it's This is good to see if you thought – that Western Kentucky um, team was good, and, and, and you have been disappointed. They've been so terrible the last couple of years. I've been a big fan of Bailey Zappi. I was excited to watch him play uh, in that, that whole offense. Uh, I can forget. Again, I don't have my notes in front of me. So I forget the the uh, offensive coordinator's name. Is it Kitley? Kitley? Yeah. Um, You kind of knew that was all going to happen, right, that Houston Baptist – uh, balled out in their, like, three, four games, right? Bailey Zappi threw for, like, 500 yards against everybody he played. Uh, North Texas, um, Texas Tech, and then I forget who else they played. That it was clear and obvious that he was he was good, he could do it against the big boys, and, you know, that if you took him, it wouldn't be a terrible idea. Western Kentucky, and I talked to Tyson Helton, Helton uh, about this, and he was saying that, yeah, it was just about reaching out to his connections in Texas, uh, that he was looking for, like, an offensive bump. Uh, I think he had connections down in Houston and this, that, and the other, and he got uh, uh, Kitley. I, I don't think uh, he didn't admit it, but I think that and everybody speculates that it was all sort of a packaged deal, And uh, but the, the top-level, the above-board version of events is he got Kitley. Uh, Bailey Zappi was looking around, and he was like, well, I might as well go to um, – where my offensive coordinator went, and then the Stearns kid said, well, I might as well go where my quarterback went. And it's all been good for everybody involved, right? They are five, is it five and one? Six and one right now? I forget what the official record is. Six and one. Six and one in conference, three and one at home, three and oh on the road, five and oh in the division, put up 310 points and only allowed 163. That latter part, the allowing the points, I said this prior to the season, that Western Kentucky is a dark horse, also said that I thought FAU was very talented and that they would be in this conversation. So take all this with a grain of salt. I I thought that Western Kentucky would be in the conversation if because their offense would be good if their defense can kind of hold you know and and be solid. Their defense was very terrible to start the season. And now looking back, you're like, well, they did play Michigan State. They did play some d- decent teams. I thought the Indiana loss kind of looks a little bad right now. But they were just very bad defensively. Uh, but some signs of hope was that uh, against UTSA at home, they got to stop when they needed to stop. They stopped Frank Harris. They gave the ball back to Bailey Zappi, uh, and unfortunately Bailey Zappi threw an interception. But, you know, room for hope. The, the schedule lined up, uh, the way the schedule broke out. It looked like Western Kentucky was going to kick everybody's uh, behind the rest of the way, and, and they have because no one really had the defense to, you know, even talk to him, basically. They, you couldn't stop Bailey Zappi. If everybody stayed uh, uninjured, it looked like they would be good. The only concern would be the defense. The defense has stepped up, stopped some teams. Now they're faced with a huge challenge here, right? Marshall, 5-2. and two. They've had some bad losses. Uh, you know, they got beat by uh, by the um, uh, Blazers last week in, in, in a game where, like, Blazers had superior game planning. They just kind of handled their business. And I think they're going to be a little bit more ready for a bigger moment. And uh, and Western Kentucky is going to get punched in the mouth a little bit. At least to start. That's the way I see it. Start the game. Um, but it's hard to count out Bailey Zappi. I don't think anybody's seen it. It's, it's great to be aggressive. But being aggressive is not going to make you faster. Being aggressive is not going to you know make you you know, be able to defend a pinpoint pass. I think Western Kentucky wins this one in a squeaker. 
maybe a classic, maybe a 60, 66, 63 <laughs> uh, final like those old school uh, Western Kentucky games. And I think we see a Western Kentucky UTSA rematch at the Alamo Dome on Friday, December 3rd, which would be incredible. Bailey Zappi is uh, um, a story. UTSA is obviously has been a story. And it looks like you're going to get maybe 40,000, 50,000 people in the Dome for that game. Even if it's Marshall, I don't want to sound like I'm favored and being a favorite for either one. I, I just think Bailey Zappi is more entertaining than, say, Grant Wells at this point in time. But uh, Marshall's a good team. I don't think Marshall would be a bad opponent. It would, wouldn't be a bad matchup. I think there would be a lot of contrast in there, too. Um, you have a, a team that likes a lot of offense, right? Grant Wells, um, the, I think they were number one, or at least for a while, in yards per attempt for a bit. Some of that's been padded, right? You know, Grant Wells uh, uh, and Charles Huff have been throwing the ball a little later. Uh, they're up up some points, and they try to throw it big. But whatever. I think they're still a good team. Um, they got beat at home by a very good team, UAB, and getting an opportunity to earn their way back into a championship game and play a, uh, an equally good team to UAB as a chance to exercise those demons. I don't think either one is a bad storyline for the conference to sell, for you to enjoy, for fans who are going to attend to um, um, to uh, you know to to watch and and, and appreciate. We will be there. Yeah, com. We'll be at the game. We'll be covering the game. Same kind of deal. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun for a lot of reasons. Uh, I had been to uh, like the last conference championship game I went to was the uh, Middle Tennessee one. I didn't go to the was the next one was last year's right. I didn't go to that last year's pandemic whatever. But the last one I went to was the Middle Tennessee UAB game. Uh, I think the other one was the FAU one. That was just too last minute for me. But um, th- the disappointing thing about that game was seeing, you know, kids stock still lining up in its final game with a chance to win a championship at home and nobody supported him. That was just strange to me. It was like back-to-back home games, right? It was uh, the game week previous. They beat UAB. And by beating UAB, they earned the right to host the title game. And then they host the title game, and practically nobody was there. It looked like there was more UAB fans there than Middle Tennessee fans. And I'm sure there's lots of excuses and why, you know, it's hard to show up to support the program or whatever. The fact is that they didn't. And I think, um, you know, if you're like, well, maybe if we were 11 to 1, you know, maybe if we were ranked in the college football, maybe, whatever. But I think you don't get to that point unless you show up and support. And I think championship games are important. And you could see it. Uh, there was a rant today about you know Nick Saban talking about players working hard and they compete. I think what's what's not evident on TV and what is evident when you're up close live is how much, at least some of these guys, care, right? That you walk, watch the UAB guys walk off the field basically on the verge of tears, right? They tried. It hurt. It hurt to lose. You look at the faces of the UTSA guys, almost in tears because they won. They cared very hard that they won. You look at the fans in the stands, they were nervous, they were excited, relieved, all that stuff. Um, that's, that's how you get to that point. Um, Stockstill and, and the Middle Tennessee players and I think uh, uh, Kid Stockstill were all crying at the end of that championship game. And it was, uh, it was an emotional moment. You see, they, they cared very hard. They showed up, right? They tried. They wanted to win. It mattered to them. Um, and so I, I don't agree when a lot of fans are like, ah, well, it's just, you know, just a conference USA championship game. Nobody cares, right? They care. And and I think that, if you're talking about in terms of entertainment, it's watching somebody who cares and is trying very, very hard. That is where you get the most, I want to say, entertaining drama, right? That's uh, worth watching, I guess. Um so, I think it's cool. We're gonna see. We're gonna see uh, an exciting moment. I think UTSA is gonna either complete their, uh, you know, their season, regular season, the conference season, undefeated, untied, all that good stuff, and win a, a championship at home or an epic upset in front of a gigantic 
partisan crowd, um, you know, to kind of cap that season. Uh, we've seen something like that before, like Marshall and Rice and, and whatever. It has happened. Anything can happen any given uh, Saturday or Friday in this case. And it's going to be good. This is like, you know, this is an enter- entertainment business, right? Um, you want to sell something. This is what there is to sell. Uh, if you want to be entertained by this brand of entertainment, right, this kind of entertainment, college football, I think there's plenty there for you to enjoy. And I think it's cool. It's exciting. Um, I guess there's something like a – this is rivalry week, right? I don't know that Tech and Rice is a rivalry. <laughs> I don't know that UTEP-UAB is a rivalry. And I play, that's a Friday game. Um, you know, like uh, that old Thanksgiving <laughs> Friday tradition – UTEP and UAB, right? It's not really uh, a big thing. Um, West Kentucky, Marshall, I can see that one. Middle Tennessee, FAU, doesn't do anything for me. FIU at Southern Miss, again, it's not really a traditional kind of rivalry thing. But I'll note this game. FIU is 1-10, right? And Southern Miss is like 2-9. and nine. I'm excited to watch Southern Miss. Like I find myself now in these last two weeks uh going first to the Southern Miss box score. I'm like, let's see what happened. Let's let's see if they broke out some more Frank Gore Wildcat. Uh Frank Gore, all time quarterback. I like it. He was hurt last week and they still beat Tech at Tech. Um, you know, I don't know if he's ready to run this week. Um but I don't know if it matters because FAU has the worst rushing defense in the conference. North Texas ran for like 300-something yards, put up like 611 last week, and it, it, it didn't really look like they were, you know, in the game too much. Um, you know, then now they have to go on the road at day after Thanksgiving. Season's basically over. Coach is going to quit. I think Southern Miss wins this one fairly handily. Um, Charlotte at Old Dominion. This is a, is a good game. And this is a, a – you know, Charlotte started out, they beat Duke, right? Lots of praise, lots of good stuff. I think that's actually going to carry over, um, you know. And they sort of disappointed, fell apart as the season ended. And Old Dominion started out very slow, right? Nobody really expected too much from them because of the circumstances. Ricky Ronnie, first-year head coach. Uh, the team had some tough uh, tough opponents, but, you know, they are also coming off not playing in 2020. And, um, you know, they fired uh, – um, was it Bobby Wilder and replace him with Ricky Ronnie because th- they were losing talent, right? He, he stocked up on a lot of transfers last couple of seasons. Basically, Old Dominion wasn't set up to win. However, they've won. They've got five wins. They're lining up to play to get bowl eligible, and that's intriguing. That's a lot of good stuff. And this is another case of uh, an AAC team or the American team and a future Sun Belt team here. But right now, they're Conference USA t- opponents. And, I mean, you know, again, I think this is a, a an example of how there's a lot of parity in this league. There's not a whole lot of difference between top to bottom. Um, but there is. I mean, UTSA, UAB, very different than, say, Southern Miss, FIU right now. But consider that UAB did get beat up by Rice, right? And Rice is not very good. Anyway, uh, UTSA, speaking of, they play at North Texas. This is a rivalry game. North Texas They've done a little bit of that Old Dominion kind of thing where they were terrible, 1-6 and six for a while. They've won four straight, uh, but considered that they beat in that streak FIU, Southern Miss, UTEP, and uh, who else am I thinking of? Uh, I forget right now. My point is that they, they haven't really impressed. Like they, Marshall handled them easily. UAB handled them easily. Those are two of the better teams in the conference. Louisiana Tech beat them. And that was back when Tech was decent, and now they're terrible. Um, So what do we think about North Texas? We think they're not good. Uh, But it doesn't matter if they're good or not. It matters if they're good on the day, if they can win on the day. Oh, they beat Rice. They beat Rice in overtime. forgot about that. At Rice, at Southern Miss, at FIU. That's the most impressive thing because Seth Luttrell has been pretty terrible on the road. I forget his record, but I think it's a a losing record on the road and, and not even close. And a lot of them have been blowout losses. Um, so the thing to take away from this game, and Jeff Trailer said, oh, yeah, we know we're, they can ruin our season, but we can ruin theirs. Uh, that UTSA is playing to stay perfect. They've won their big game. They're in. You know, They have to prepare for the Friday game. So they can say all the right things. Uh, we, we're 1-0. We're, you know, we're, 
put it behind the wind behind us. It's all about winning this week. You say all those right things, and all those things can be true. Um, but it's also different, right? You can pretend that you that this game matters, and you can feel that the game matters, right? Those are different feelings. I don't know that you that North Texas is going to come out with that same kind of energy. We don't know. They're at home. The crowd's not going to be thirty five thousand there because one, it's Thanksgiving, and two, uh, North Texas is not very good. They're five and six. There's a lot of old North Texas uh, players that have been saying, "Hey, come out, pack, pack Apogee." You know, is there a chance? Talking about that 2013 season when UTSA was again. Uh, I keep talking about 2013 when UTSA was new. Uh, they were ineligible to reach a bowl game, but they went to North Texas and they ups they ruined North Texas' chance to host or even play in the conference championship game. That was back when Tulsa was in the conference, um, and that was the season Rice ended up winning. North Texas had beat Rice, but whatever. It it stung, and I think this is like a reversal chance for North Texas to do the same to UTSA. I think North Texas is like a 13-point underdog. Uh, I don't really see it happening, like, honestly. But uh, I think it does make it interesting, right? So the, if you're looking for some games to watch that are not your own, UTSA at North Texas, ESPN+, Plus, Charlotte, Old Dominion, ESPN+. Plus. And then, you know, like for me, it's that Southern Miss game, and it's PN3, which I don't know what the big difference is. And then, obviously, Western Kentucky at Marshall. That's the big one. It's the one you really care about because that's going to determine who's going to play. Uh, you also have Middle Tennessee at Florida Atlantic. Again, I don't really care in that one. Uh, you know, not not too much interesting in there, uh, although you can maybe see if, uh, if uh, FAU uh, and Willie Taggart are going to, go out in a high um did i mention tech at rice that's a game i don't care about at all mike bloomgren pretty terrible season all things considered uh this is supposed to be something of a breakout season uh, i think utep surprisingly had the season that fi that rice wanted to have where you get bowl eligible you have six something wins you have a little buzz and then you know all in reality you didn't really do too much they didn't have that season, right? They they were set up nicely at the end of last year, and then and then promptly did not do anything with that. They brought back se super seniors, a lot of stuff. So this was a bust, bust of a season. Uh, and then finally, UTEP at UAB. UTEP's been on a losing streak. They haven't been good. I never thought UTEP was very good, even when they had their six wins. Uh, they barely escaped from some of the terrible teams that they beat, and they looked second best sometimes even third best in a two-person matchup uh against some of the teams that they played uh since then so they're uh, they're on a little losing streak um well they, they won did they win last week i don't even remember now uh now that i look at it let me see i apologize a lot of these games are running together uh yeah they beat rice yeah okay so they won they beat another hapless team uh, did I mention last week? Uh, let me just run through the scores last week. Southern Miss beat Tech. That was a b that was the Frank Gore game. Western Kentucky 52-17 winners over FAU. That's startling only because FAU was supposed to be a contender. They're supposed to be in that mo in in the game and kind of compete. And it was supposed to be a test for West Kentucky. This game, for a lot of reasons, gives me uh, reason to think that West Kentucky is going to be okay against Marshall. But it's a different game, right? Old Dominion beat Middle Tennessee. That was a big challenge for Old Dominion. That puts them, you know, uh, hey, it's about it's time to to earn it to win uh, to get bowl eligible. Kickstarts the program, really putting Ricky Ron in good footing in recruiting and going forward next year with the donors and all that kind of stuff. They can give him money. They're like, hey, he did it with nothing. Let's see what he could do with something. Uh, UTSA obviously beat UAB, big game. Charlotte forty nine twenty eight winners over. Uh, I mean Marshall forty nine twenty eight winners over Charlotte. That's a game that I thought Charlotte should have competed better in. Marshall really showed what they're about and put them in put themselves in position to compete for uh, an East Division championship. Uh, UTEP winners over Rice. Uh, North Texas destroyed FIU, but FIU was basically not even there. So, you know, uh, we we paused the power rankings there for a little bit for lots of reasons. Um, but one is just kind of evident here. I think UTSA is clearly number one, right? And then. Western Kentucky and Marshall are number two and three. You got to figure out what's going on there. I don't. I, I don't think that you see an upset in here. But if if there's any game that's going to be an upset, I guess you know what. Let me let me pause right here. 
and pull up the actual odds. We'll we'll talk some odds. We'll talk. You want odds? We'll talk odds. Uh, there you go. I'm pulling them up. No, no, not the Stanley Cup, not the NFL. Um, do, 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 do. hey, biggest line moves. Uh, looks like North Texas moved from thirteen point dogs to ten point dogs. Old Dominion from six point favorites to nine and a half point favorites. Let me look at the opening lines right now. So we have um, UTEP, UAB, UAB fourteen point favorites. I think they win by twenty one. So uh, that's my pick there. Uh, the over under is fifty. Uh, sure. I uh, take the over. The um, what else do we have? I'm looking through. It's a list of all of them. So if I'm not just quickly reading them off, that's why. If you're wondering, uh, come on, buddy, give me the next one. Um, lot tech and rice. Tech are three point favorites. I think tech is better than rice. Um, so I, you know, I, t- I'm, I think tech wins by like seven. UTSA thirteen point favorites over North Texas, and that line moved to ten. I think I think UTSA blows them out. I think it's what happens. It's probably maybe a close game for a little bit, for a brief moment, just because uh, you know that's how it works. But I think UTSA wins this by like uh, by twenty, seventeen to twenty points. Uh, over under sixty three and a half. Um, I'm never good with those, so I'm just gonna skip that. Old Dominion six point favorites, and like I said, that moved to nine. Um, I think that's I think it takes Charlotte <laughs> on a nine point uh a nine point uh spread, but I think Old Dominion wins this game. Uh, so I think Charlotte covers, but I think Old Dominion wins it. And looking at FIU Southern Miss, Southern Miss eleven point favorites. FIU, uh, they're not good. I think Southern Miss wins this more than that. But you know Southern Miss doesn't have a, they only have the quarterback right. So, uh, let's let's be crazy, right? We'll say they win by fourteen. 13 to 14 points. So I'll take Southern Miss and their 11-point spread. What else do we have? What else? Um, do, do, do. West Kentucky and Marshall. Marshall, one-point favorite. That's basically a pick em. I think West Kentucky wins this game, so I'm taking Western Kentucky just because I, I, I believe in the zappy magic, but uh, I think that Marshall has all the tools available to them. They have a powerful run game. They have a good defense. Uh, and they have enough offensive pop, like pass game pop, to, to do what they need to do. Uh, West, the challenge for Western Kentucky is whether or not they can stop that Marshall offense enough, right? The run game and then the pass game to do what they need to do. But I think Western Kentucky is more crisp. They are fine. They know they, they've scored lots of points. Scoring lots of points is not a big deal to them. I don't know that Marshall is ready to be in a shootout kind of game. I don't know that their offense has – they have 50 points, but they have 50 points like, hey, we're blowing them out. We're just going to run over them. I don't know if they have a, hey, we just scored 40, but we have to score again because, you know, like, you know, do you have more tricks up your sleeve? I think it's like that kind of thing. Uh, FAU are five-point favorites over Middle Tennessee. I don't – you know, I think I'm maybe taking Middle Tennessee in this one. Just because I don't know what's going on at FAU right now. And I think Metal Tennessee is in a little bit better uh, mental space. So I'll, p- I'll pick that one. A little upset special. Metal Tennessee is going to cover. So there's that one. And what was the other one that I chose? Um, I think I said Charlotte's probably going to cover. But, you know, I think Charlotte's going to lose. There you go. Free pick em here on the uh, ConfluenceUSAReport.com podcast. Uh, folks, y'all have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I am thankful for you. Um, I'm thankful for all the friends that uh, I've continued to to make, the people I've met, the experiences I've seen, running this site, doing this deal. Uh, I've said before, you know, I wanted it to be a certain thing. It wasn't quite that, and so I tried to to, to lean into it, and it's been good. The the league is gonna split, and it's gonna split in a couple seasons. So I'm like. You know, people have asked, like, are you going to keep doing this? Are you going to keep doing it just with one league or not the other? I think that there's a lot of value in covering, you know, Conference USA uh, in whatever form it becomes. Uh, there will be interesting storylines. And there's there's not a whole lot of the coverage that we want to see, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of 
uh, value in, in continuing to cover the a the American. So I think it's going to be like a a dual thing, but we have to see exactly what that means, right? So I don't I'm not trying to be cryptic, but uh, it's more like I don't want to make promises that I, that turn out to be wrong. I, I have ideas. I think maybe they could work. I just have to figure out the way they could work without, um, you know, putting me out in the streets under a bridge somewhere, right? Uh, it's hard to podcast when uh, I don't have electricity. Um, so there you go. That's the thing. As always, you can support this site, and you're 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 supporting the coverage of continuing coverage of your favorite uh, college football programs. Uh, by doing so, you could subscribe. Go to the site, uh, CUSAReport.com, and subscribe. Right. Uh, when and if those the the site splits or anything like that, those would be carried over, so you don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. Um, as but yeah, support all the local beat writers. That's where we get a lot of information. A lot of people we talk to. We don't have the resources to cover the fourteen team footprint that that's there um, as closely or as in depth. We try to stay up to date on a lot of programs. I think we do a decent enough job. Uh, I know talking to some guys about their teams, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." It looks like yeah, you do know the the program. We try, right? We we try. We don't. We can't see everything in depth, but we try to do our best. And, um, you know, uh, it's also not just me doing a lot of this stuff. There's uh, some support happening behind the scenes. Uh, so I'm thankful for them. Um, you know, you have a good one. Basketball season is happening. If you care about the league, you got North Texas, the champion, reigning champion, taking on Kansas uh, today, a little Thanksgiving basketball. So that's uh, that's something to watch. I'm excited to watch more Louisiana Tech basketball. Uh, West Kentucky sh should also be good again. I think UAB is good. The top of the conference is basically UAB, Tech, West Kentucky, and uh, I think I'm missing somebody. I don't know that North Texas repeats, but it's hard to count out Grant McGaslin, right? They're, they're fun. Um, so we'll see what's up. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye.